Hello besties, welcome back to another episode of Life Gets Weird with me, Mary, the host of this podcast that will never not feel weird saying. I don't know why, it just feels very uncomfortable for me. But now we've done a brief rundown of what the hell's about to happen, I guess, because this is a podcast, I don't know. Anyway, this week's episode is about New Year's resolutions and the new year and all the anxieties and joys and everything surrounding it. And so... My biggest thing this year has been realizing that your past doesn't make you unworthy of your future. And I'm someone who gets very anxious about things that have already happened and are no longer in my control. And so the best kind of example I can think of for this is like, if I said something weird or like my voice cracked in a conversation like 10 years ago, I'm still thinking about that to this day. And obviously that's just like a tiny thing, but on a bigger scale, I think that as humans it's actually really healthy to admit that you've done bad things and that you've done good things and you've done mediocre things because, you know, there's that age-old idea of, like, there aren't bad people, there are just people who do bad things. But this is where I disagree. I do think there are some people who are inherently bad. Um, Our social landscape, our political landscape, everything kind of, you know, confirms those suspicions for me. Um, I do believe that there are bad people. Because if there weren't, then the world would be a very different place. So that's not to say necessarily that they're an evil, but there are just some people who like, continuously do bad things and like seek out making other people upset, as opposed to just people who do bad things or have done bad things. My understanding of that is that you have the ability to recognize that what you did wasn't the best decision and you've grown from that and so you can't really hold yourself to those standards of you know I did one bad thing a couple years ago like I don't deserve any good or like I fucked up so bad like I don't I don't deserve to be loved or whatever like that mentality isn't really gonna take you places you know it's so easy to feel immense guilt surrounding like fuck ups or bad things you've ever done. But that just is further proof that you're not a bad person. The sheer fact that you felt that guilt, the remorse, the fact that you are willing to change and put in the work is proof that you're not a bad person. And so that then means that you are not unworthy of anything that happens to you that's good because of this one or two or three or however many bad things you think you've done. If you're not a bad person, then you know, why do you feel that you're unworthy of these things? And when I say, like, bad people, I'm not generalizing, like, this is not, like, a big group of society I'm talking about. I'm talking, like, Ted Bundy, you know, like, he's a bad person. I'm not going to sit here and be like, "Mm, no, he's just a normal person who did bad things. No, he's a bad person. There is no argument here. But, like, I don't know, you were a bitch when you were 16, like, you're not a bad person, you were just a hormonal teenager, and you live and you learn. And so I think this year for me especially is really like coming to terms with the fact that the amount of times you fucked up in your past doesn't mean that you're not worthy of a good future. It doesn't mean that you have to live in constant fear that karma is going to come and whoop your ass at any moment. Like, cool, I really do believe in karma and I think everything comes around, but you can't live your life in fear of it. You can't live your life continuously thinking that you don't deserve good things because you messed up once. That's not how this works. We all mess up. We all do things we regret. We all do things 
that we can look back on and be like, holy fuck, like I should not have done that. And the pure fact that we can feel those things and feel the emotions surrounding growing means that you are worthy of a good future. You're the one putting in the work. And so you guys probably know from previous New Year's episodes that I don't really subscribe to New Year's resolutions. I think any time in my life that I have, I have been very miserable shortly after because New Year's resolutions are incredibly unsustainable, okay? Like, starting a goal on January 1st is the most unsustainable thing ever. Like, just don't do it. Like, I, I don't know. You can have goals and aspirations for the incoming year, but there's this whole thing about a New Year's resolution that's like, you have to start on January 1st, and like, you have to be a completely different person by December 31st. Like, that's just not sustainable. You can't keep up with that. And the biggest example I can think of is like going to the gym. Oh my God, as an ex-frequent gym goer, but as an avid workout class goer, I know that January is the most packed time in the gym and workout classes. All the running paths in London are completely backed up with people getting into new year runs. And that's great. You know, like working out has so many benefits for you. I'm a massive advocate for working out. But to put that much pressure on yourself is never going to work because it turns 12 o'clock on January 1st and people are like, I'm going to run a fucking half marathon tomorrow. And they're like, that's how I'm going to kickstart my running for the new year. Like, that's my new year's resolution. I'm going to get into running. And it's like, you're not going to run a half marathon tomorrow, especially if you haven't run before. Like, you're not going to run a half marathon. Like, let's just accept that now. And then we can work from there and you can go on like, a five minute light jog, or you can do a slow paced 5k. Like there are so many things about a new year's resolution that kind of like gets rid of everybody's like common sense in a way, because any level of drastic change is going to be extremely hard to commit to. I'm not saying that you can't, but like it's harder than if you just paced yourself out. And so, you know, back when I wasn't like the healthiest person in the world, January 1st would come around and I was like, that's it, like, greens every day, and it's just like, no, like, your body, one thing with that is, like, if you have a restrictive plan for the new year, like, that's not, you know, healthy or sustainable, but the day before, most of the world is, like, blacked out, drunk, on some sort of high, like, you're definitely in the pizza shop at 4am, getting that greasy ass pizza and then what now you're gonna wake up in the morning and feel like immense regret because you broke your new year's resolution no like you just try again like you have 365 days and so for me don't have a new year's resolution um but I do have like two goals and things I kind of want to aim for and so The difference for me between a New Year's resolution and like just having goals for the new year is that a New Year's resolution is like meant to start on January 1st and like that's the day you change your life around like that's the whole spiel like that's the big wonder behind a New Year's resolution whereas for me like having New Year's goals implies like I have 365 days to do it once. I have 365 days to make an attempt at the new me you know and so one thing that I really want to do in the new year is to get back into a hobby that used to bring me a lot of joy. Because there's this really weird thing, and I actually hate it so much, but 
there's this mentality that like you can have a hobby up until you're 18 and then once you're 18 it has to be a form of income otherwise you can't keep doing that hobby and so my example of that is dance I remember turning 18 and being like well I guess this is it like I just spent my whole life dancing and now I'm not going to a performing arts school so this is it like you get to 18 and you just can't do it for fun anymore because now it becomes about training for auditions and it becomes, well, what performing arts school are you going to go to and blah, blah, blah. And like, this is your life now. Whereas, you know, I think a lot of people and a lot of ex-dancers often talk about how much they miss dance and don't really know how to get back into it because it's not really something that is publicized as a hobby for anyone over the age of 18. It's like when you have a kid and they're three and you're like, oh my God, they look so cute in a tutu and you take them to ballet. It's like, oh, cute, fun. Like they're doing what they love. And then for some reason you turn 18, they're like, "Mm, no, actually in this capitalist society, we don't have time for you to do what you love. You need to get a job. And if it's not your hobby, then figure it out, you know? And I don't know, I like really miss acting and just like the confidence it gave me and like how it helped me move through the world. And so I kind of want to get back into acting and like take adult acting classes who knows where it will lead me what it will do but I just think it would be nice to like reserve some time for things that always made me feel good and you know working out is definitely my form of self-care on a much more regular basis like I will work out six times a week because it's now a part of my routine and it like helps my day get started But honestly, at this point, I've been working out for so long that it just doesn't feel like something that I'm, like, actively doing. I'm more so, like, just in, like, I'm just going through the motions of it because it's a part of my routine. And it does make me feel good. I love it so much. But, like, it's it's to the point where I feel weird when I don't work out because I feel like a big chunk of my day is now made free and I'm like, oh, my God, I don't know what to do, you know? It's kind of like... A bank holiday so you're expecting to be at work but then the bank holiday is there and you're kind of like oh my god like I can wake up late you know it's like your body is kind of in shock and so as much as working out for me is like me doing something I love for myself I just feel like actually like taking an acting class or maybe even like a dance class or something would be so fun and then I can just see how it goes from there because I don't want to look back in five years time and be like well why don't I just get back into it like why did I subscribe to that notion that like like why did I subscribe to the mentality that a hobby has to stop at 18 just because it's not paying you like if you love something go get it but yeah that's one of my goals and the second one is to really put in the work with reframing my mentality around my body and I was actually having drinks with some friends recently And one of them said something that has completely changed my mind. Like, I, uh, wow, like, it, it blew my mind. I was so taken aback. I just never, ever in my entire life thought about this. She said that you can't look at clothes as flattering or unflattering because they're just clothes. And so when you say that, oh, these trousers are unflattering, what you're actually saying is that your body is unflattering because that's what's being accentuated here. It's the fact that you look in the mirror and say, oh, this doesn't look good on me. But what you're saying is like, your body doesn't look good because clothes are not made to be flattering or unflattering. Clothes are made for you to wear so you don't walk out naked in the street and get arrested. And 
I don't know, it was just like so eye-opening because I really want to believe that that's true. And here's the thing with like mental health is that you can believe that something's true, but your brain will validate the fact that it's not true when applicable to you. And so it's like you can know what fact is, but your brain will somehow convince you that that fact does not apply to you. And I'm always the person who's like handing out advice. And then when like the tables have turned and I'm in that situation and someone says the exact same thing to me, I'm like, absolutely not. I don't know what you're talking about. But like, I can hand out that advice to other people. So it does mean that like, I objectively perceive that as a truth, but my brain is just like my biggest enemy and doesn't let me believe that about myself at least. And so I really want to work on that. And I really want to work on like fully embracing the fact that my body is just a body. Like there is nothing about it that I need to be positive or negative about. I just need to be neutral. Like it's a body. I just put clothes on it and style it. And like, this is my silly little clueless life, like the movie. I just literally wake up and pick an outfit out and then go about my day in the world. And I really want to get to a place where I can like just put on an outfit and not have to think about it so much and like stress about, oh my God, like, is this making like X part of my body look different to how I perceive it or whatever? I really just want to get to that point where I can be like, Mary's a fucking body. Like if I even for a second think, oh, these jeans are unflattering, maybe the jeans don't fit. Like, you know, like, and I think it's kind of hard to do that especially in an age where we're on social media like so chronically because there are TikToks of people, I haven't actually seen them but I've been told about them, of people being like these are my standing up jeans and like at that point it's like where do we draw the line? Like if you can't do anything in the clothes that you're wearing like they're not serving their purpose and I definitely am guilty of that and like for a really long time, just, like, never wanted to wear jeans or, like, trousers or anything, because I was, like, oh, I was holding on to, like, jeans that I'd had for years, and obviously, like, puberty changes your body, like, life changes your body, like, whatever, and I'd just be, like, well, I guess these are, like, the jeans that I have to breathe in to fit into, and it's, like, no, just buy bigger jeans, like, you know, like, you shouldn't look at clothes and be, like, well, if I buy a bigger one, then it won't, like, hold me in the way I want, or if I buy a smaller one, then, like, I don't know, fucking, my butt won't get in, like, that's not what clothes are, that's not the purpose that they serve, and so, yeah, hearing my friend say that really opened my eyes, and I was like, wow, I'm gonna add that to, like, one of my goals for the year, I'm, I'm gonna make that, like, the mentality that I want to achieve by the end of the year, and like I said, it doesn't happen overnight, I'm not gonna wake up on January 1st and be like, I'm cured, clothes are not flattering or unflattering, like, they're just clothes, like, obviously that's not going to happen. January 1st is in like a week and a half. Like if I don't believe it now, it's going to take a lot more time and effort, but like I'm dedicated to putting in the effort for the new year. And I think if I said that that was my new year resolution, then on January 2nd, I'd be like, oh my God, like, why am I not cured? Like I tried. And it's just like, babe, it's so fucking unrealistic. Like nothing happens overnight. Success isn't made overnight. Like if you want to change something in your life or like do something different, there is a whole process behind it. And 
I also think like now with the new year, oh, I actually haven't mentioned this on my podcast, but like I got made redundant, which is like so fine because I wanted to quit, but I got made redundant and I was like, this is the biggest blessing in disguise because I know that as much as I wanted to quit my job, like if they said to me, do you want to stay? I immediately would have said yes, just because I hate saying no to people. And so like being made redundant is like so fun for me because I'm like, oh my God, thank fuck. Like I don't have to upset anyone. I don't have to like quit my job and then explain why I'm quitting to my boss. And I don't have to tell my parents I quit my job. Like I just get to be redundant and like everyone's happy. And that does mean that like next year I'm going to have a lot of freedom to do whatever the fuck I want because I don't have a nine to six anymore. But even with all that time, it's like, who knows what might happen? Who knows what might change? Like you could have all the time in the world in the next year and you're going to make a new year's resolution that limits you to a day, like literally 24 hours. Like it just doesn't make sense. Like the idea of new year's resolutions really pisses me off. I just don't think that's like, it just doesn't work. It just never works. No one keeps a new year's resolution. Just say to yourself, like my goals for next year are this, my aspirations are because when you say like your goals and your aspirations blah 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 they're like a work in progress and so you go into the next year and like you just plant the seed no one's saying that the tree has to be grown by December 31st but within the next year within the 365 days of 2023 like you plant that fucking seed for the life that you want and you deserve you don't wake up on January 1st and plant your seed of your new life and then wake up on January 2nd and there's a whole new tree in your backyard that's not what happens and i think that we need to take it a lot more seriously like the meaning behind these goals and resolutions because for a lot of them if not like 99.9% of them cannot be done in 24 hours, cannot even be done in a month. Like you need to plant the seed and look after it and look after yourself and let it grow. But that also means like you cannot be so hyper-focused on that thing. Because it's like, if you plant something, if you plant a flower, you plant a tree, whatever, if you just sit there and watch it, and like expect it to grow, like you're going to spend forever just staring at this patch of soil, and you are going to miss the world moving around you because you're so focused on growing this one idea, this one thing that you have let limit your entire year is a New Year's resolution. If your goal is to, I don't know, fucking run a marathon, write a book, anything, you start in January, you say, here are my plans, here's what I want to achieve. And you have the whole year to make the first step, to make the first jump. That's what a New Year's goal is. A New Year's resolution is just some bullshit thing that we subscribe to that makes everyone feel bad about themselves in February. And then we do it all over again because February starts and then everyone's like, January was a trial month. And then we just get to the end of the year and we're just super disappointed because we put so much pressure on ourselves to achieve these like extraordinary things, I'm sure. But like good things take time and it's okay to like say something is your new year's goal for next year and like if you don't achieve it to the level that you wanted to or the extent that you thought you would then like you you still took the first step that's the scariest part and a lot of people don't take the first step because the things like the new year there is 
a lot of emotion surrounding it. There's a lot of feelings that are brought up and like things we achieve, things we didn't achieve. And that pressure can be very detrimental when it comes to reaching new goals because you miss the steps. You miss the steps because you're so focused on getting from point A to point B without realizing that there was a whole life in the middle of it. And so, you know, you plant your seed on New Year's Day. Don't forget to live your life. Don't forget that you focusing on one thing means that you're going to miss so much more and you don't know what in the things that you've missed could have sped up the process or made you understand the process more. Like life isn't, it's just like one straight path. It's not so simple. You know, I think most of us wish it was, but it's not so simple. And so there are people I've met where, you know, a couple of months down the line, I'm like, oh, that's why we met. Like, this is what I bring to them. This is what they bring to me. Like, there was a reason we met. And if I had just spent all my time focusing on one thing and one vision and not living, then I wouldn't have met those people who like solidified my dreams or like made me understand myself more. I think the best advice I can give for anyone with a New Year's goal and not a resolution is that you shouldn't focus on going from zero to a hundred in a matter of hours. It's unrealistic. And like I said, very unsustainable. You need to go from like zero to five and then five to 10 and build your way up because building those habits and that determination to reach an end goal, despite how long it takes to get to the goal is progression. Whereas jumping from zero to a hundred is not progression. And if anything, if it works, it's luck. Not that you don't deserve it. That's not what I'm saying. But the progress of building yourself towards what you want and what your plan or vision for your life is also makes you the human that's going to get there. Because it's kind of like, you know, when you go to university after being in school, there is literally no progress to that point. You know, you go from being in a class of 30 and your teachers have their full attention devoted to you and like you get homework and you know if you don't do your homework like your teachers are going to chase you they're going to ring your parents they at the time it seems like so fucking frustrating to have teachers on your dick like that all the time but like also it is a sign more often than not that they do actually just care about you getting where you need to go and then you go to uni and you're like thrown in the deep end your professors don't give a flying fuck about you. Lecture halls are massive. There are like hundreds of kids in there. You barely know everyone on your course. It's like a completely different ball game. And that is a zero to a hundred thing. And then you spend the whole of first year trying to figure that out, you know? And I think a lot of people will say when they go to uni, like they wish they knew how lonely it was or they wish someone had prepared them for this. And I do think that's where the education system lets us down a bit because it really doesn't prepare you for university unless you have enough money to send your like kids to a private school or prep school or have like university specific tutors and things like that. And so in the grand scheme of things, the masses can't afford university prep. And so we just dive straight into the deep end. And historically, university isn't for everyone, you know? And I think that is also applicable to so many people's goals because like historically a lot of the goals that I have now for example like they're not goals that women could have had once upon a time or they're not goals that women of color would have had because they just seemed so out of reach and so 
unobtainable because that was the way the society is or was hopefully but the progression that comes after when you're at uni and you're in your first year and you're figuring out how to live alone and whatever that's when you really find yourself and like when you really figure shit out and I know for me in my first year of uni like I realized that that shit was not for me after spending my entire life leading up to that point but I think that if I didn't get to that point I would have never realized what works for me and what doesn't and so that gradual progression of me getting to uni helped me so much when I was there in terms of knowing what was best for me. But if there was preparation between school and university, then it would have been very different because maybe then I would have realized, oh, Mary, you can actually save yourself, you know, a couple thousand pounds of debt by knowing that this isn't for you. And that's why I think that the progress and that gradual progression is such an important thing because it builds you up, it lets you know what you want, what you deserve, and what you're worthy of. Whereas figuring that all out after, in my case, cost me like £50,000. So (laughs) that's a kind of bad example, but my point is that the gradual progression will take you to the places you need to be and where you need to end up. Jumping from zero to 100 can sometimes mean that you end up in a place that you don't want to be. Also, in 2023, which is crazy to fucking think about, because, like, how the hell is it 2023? But, like, I'm turning 25 next year, and I think, for me, like, birthdays are always a big thing. I hate celebrating them, but, like, I really do take some time surrounding my birthday. And I'm the same with New Year. I take some time around those two points in the year, to really reflect on like what I actually want and I think this year I got very like wrapped up in like trying to be miss social and like actively trying to not be depressed and like not be the depressed friend and even though the year was great this year was amazing in so many ways I met so many incredible people and learned so much I think that because I was so wrapped up in, like, doing everything I could to, like, be social and have a job and, like, keep everyone happy and things like that, I kind of feel like I missed out on the year a bit. Even though I can objectively say I had a good one, I feel like I wasn't really living through most of it. And so that's also another thing for next year. And you can only really come to those realisations once you've lived through them. So... By no means do I regret that I got so wrapped up in life this year and I feel extremely blessed and grateful that I could have a life that didn't feel like a pain to be wrapped up in. But I now know for next year, like, I want to live more. And so I think it's just further proof that you can give yourself all these goals, but, you know, you might not even realise what that goal actually meant for you until the end of December. And so... Last year, I said, like, I just want to live more, like, blah, blah, blah. And now, looking back, I kind of feel like I didn't actually do that because I was so, so invested in doing the things that made life look good rather than feeling the goodness that life brought. And so when I say that, like, you don't have to make a goal and hit it in January, that's because you might go into the year with that mindset but it doesn't really click for you until the end of the year. And so that might mean that it might go into the next new year with you, but you 
made the progress. You put in the work and like that's admirable. I think another really important part of like the whole new year resolution gimmick is that you shouldn't beat yourself up if you don't achieve what you thought you were going to because basically the whole mantra for this episode is that there is no time limit on progress and so you shouldn't get to the end of the year and be so mad that you didn't do what you thought you were going to do because like there are so many circumstances that would validate why you couldn't have done that but also you never know your timeline like no one knows what their timeline is and I mean that even in the dark and like gory way of no one knows when they're going to die either like you don't know what your timeline is people probably had their biggest life goals at the beginning of 2020 and then look what happened like there was a global pandemic you know you can't really predict or foresee any circumstances and so hopefully obviously we never have a pandemic like that again at least not in our lifetime but there are so many other things that could be holding you back and it doesn't mean that you didn't try it doesn't mean that you didn't want it hard enough it doesn't mean that you didn't put in the work it just means that your timeline proved that you weren't ready for it right then and I think some of the best surprises in this life is when you have that kind of like light bulb moment of realizing that something wasn't meant to happen for you in that moment in time so something else something greater something more insightful and educational could happen and prove that you are going to get where you need to be but there are so many things you have to learn along the way okay so to close out this episode i'm going to answer some of the questions that were on one of the ask box on my spotify um and i'm going to start with this one because it feels like very fitting to the topic of like New Year's resolutions and body image. So the question is, if you feel comfortable, do you think you would ever talk about your struggles with body image, food or weight, if you've had any? If you don't feel comfortable, absolutely no worries, sending lots of love. I appreciate how polite this is. Um, also sending love to you. And yeah, I will talk about it. So here is a trigger warning. Um, haven't had the best relationship with body image and food and I think, I mean, I don't really know what the root cause of it was because I remember being younger, like a lot younger and like having so much food freedom and I just had like a super, super fast metabolism and also did so many sports. And so, you know, I never really looked at food as this thing that you like deserve or don't deserve or make into a villain like that kind of all started when I was in secondary school and so around the beginning of my teens I you know was very very tall for my age and I think a big contributor to my bad eating habits and the way I perceived myself was the language that people use when talking about your body and so for me, it would always be like in dance class, for example, like I was so tall. And when it comes to clothing sizes, they don't really like correlate correctly. And so you can imagine like this 13 year old with absolutely no hips and no boobs, who's like five foot seven, can't fit into the same size as someone who might weigh the exact same as her, but is 
a lot shorter because there's more of me to cover basically so I remember like when we'd get new leotards or like dance costumes or whatever my dance teacher would always make a point of being like Mary I'm giving you this size not because you're fat but because you're tall and it was like that disclaimer sent me spiraling you know like it really made me analyze and overanalyze how people spoke about my body in regards to size I also went to an all-girls school and I think there was like a lot of competition it was like obviously the age of tumblr um and black and white tumblr blogs and so there was a lot of competition of like who was the skinniest and like who didn't eat and like all these things where now I look back I'm like oh my god this was so incredibly toxic but you know these are just kind of things that happened and there are some people who have like the mental ability to not take those things in and let it become a part of them and I just did like it it became something I obsessed over and so yeah I think especially like doing dance and then quitting all of my sports at the same time it means that your body has to like readjust to not burning as much fuel as it once did and like all these things come when you like abruptly stop a bunch of sports and that then made me like even more nervous because my body was now changing in ways that I had never seen it before and I already had all these like negative voices in my head from what other people had said over the years and so I now applied it to myself and so I'm not going to be one of those people who's like this is what my eating disorder was blah 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 like no one needs to know that and I'm not trying to give anyone any ideas um so I won't mention any of that but like I just found it really really difficult to make peace with the fact that like food is something that you just need to eat and in terms of like what I was saying about clothing like clothes are just things that you wear food is just something you eat you know it's like these are things that you just have to do and the minute that we start making those things villains the minute that we start vilifying something that doesn't exist like there is no physical life form to either of those things I mean I guess if you eat meat then there is but you know what I mean like your clothes and your food are not the ones who get hurt by the bad things that you say about them you're the one that gets hurt you're the one that gets damaged every time you speak ill of an outfit or something you've ordered to eat or something you've made to eat every single time that you speak badly about those things they're not getting their feelings hurt. You're the one that has to pay the price. And so that was kind of my wake up call for me when I was realizing that like food was making me cry, but like it wasn't the food, you know, it was me. It was like my inability to understand that this is something that I need to eat and like this is what is going to keep me alive. That's what was making me tear up every time and I mean I don't think it's something that you can just get over I think it's something that is with you forever and you just learn to deal with it better and you make the voice in your head that holds reason the loudest voice so you can get through the day basically um and so yeah I still have my issues every now and then. I'm also on this journey of like starting to make peace with the fact that the bodies that I see elsewhere 
whether it's media or billboards or whatever, are scientifically impossible to all look like me. And that doesn't mean that my body's wrong. It just means that everybody's body is different. And this is what I mean about giving the voice of reason in your brain the loudest platform, because that is an objective truth that everybody's body is different. But for me, for a really long time, the negative mindset was the loudest voice. And so all I heard was, well, your body's different. Not everybody's body's different. It's just your body's different. And it is really difficult to like switch mindsets. And I genuinely think quitting my gym membership is what helped me the most. And then going to workout classes and like reframing my attachment to working out because then there became a point where I was like oh I want to do this to be strong and you don't feel strong when you're in the midst of an eating disorder you actually feel incredibly faint and like awful and so when my brain was kind of like oh no this feels good like fueling my body and actually being strong enough to not pass out in a workout class feels amazing and it's just been a journey from that point onwards. And I, yeah, I don't think it ever disappears. I think you just get so much better at dealing with it. And I think I've used this analogy before, but like, it's like a scar that's kind of faded, but like in a specific light, you'll see it. That's what eating disorders and eating issues are like for me. I think no matter how much work you put in, that voice is never going to die, but you get better at controlling the narrative that it tells you and what you accept as truth. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's like, oh, I used to have this body image issue and now I'm like 100% cured. Like, I just, I don't know. I just don't think that that's real. I don't know. Maybe that's me being a pessimist, but like now I know that like 15 year old me would be so shocked at the food freedom that I've gained. But that doesn't mean that 15 year old me didn't exist and impact my mentality. So I don't know. I'm sure there are people in the world who would claim that they are 100% cured and recovered and like they never have a bad thought about food or their body ever again. But I don't know. For me, I just feel like it's always going to be there and I've kind of made peace with that. The next question is how to be confident. And I honestly just say fake it till you make it. Like I am not confident at all. And some of the things I've done this year have like made me seem like the most confident person in the world. But like, it's just an act. (laughs) Like, That's why I love acting, because you are given the chance to become somebody else. And so for me, like, that's what I do. Whenever I need to be confident, I just act. And eventually it does become natural because it becomes your body's default to fall into the act if that's what you do every time. And then it feels more natural and you feel more confident in the fact that it became natural. So I know everyone says it, but fake it till you make it, babe. Someone said, hey, bestie, how do you know if it's time to let go of an old situationship that keeps returning? Uh, first up the fact that you asked means that you know okay otherwise you wouldn't have that question I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news I love you it comes from a good place but if you're questioning it you know secondly the fact that you call it an old situationship means it's run its course otherwise you wouldn't have used the word old like language is so important And I find that when I ask questions like this to my friends, the things you say and the words you use expose what your brain is already aware of. And so the fact that you said how to let go of an old situationship, like, babe, you know, like, it's time. 
but also you know emotionally like if that person doesn't serve you joy anymore or like that person isn't the person for you or like whatever your reasons may be like we all have our reasons for not going back to people but I think the minute that we question it and the minute that we label it as old is like proof that time is done you know like you're done okay the next question is when do you read all these books I literally do not have time also do you have the goal to make writing more of your main income love you so much lots of appreciation for Germany love you too um I read books mainly when I'm like on the tube I love reading on the tube it just is so peaceful I find that I can't really read in my room because I do so much here that it's like not a like fun space not that it's not fun but you know like I sleep here I also work from home so I work in my room I spend a lot of time in my room I basically eat all of my meals in my room like I just spend so much time in here doing so many different things that when it comes to like reading to de-stress and chill like I already have to be at least three quarters of the way in the book for me to pick it up before bed I will never start a new book whilst in bed like I just it doesn't happen I will start a new book on the tube um so yeah whenever I'm commuting to different places I always have a book in my bag and if I don't have a bag big enough then I'll like download a book on my phone which I hate reading on my phone but like sometimes you just don't have a book on you you know um so yeah I just read in like time frames where I would usually be on my phone so another thing is like if I'm waiting for someone so say like I'm going out for breakfast or something and my friend's running late like I'll just read until they get there so yeah it's just kind of the thing that kills time during my day and as for writing um I would love for writing to be my main income like I have had that dream forever like I've always 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 wanted to be a writer um I've always said that to people and like especially when I was younger and I did like creative writing and stuff they'd be like oh my god yeah like you write such a good book like you read like so many romance books and blah 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 but I do not want to write a fiction book like <laughs> I just don't think I'd be good at it um but I would like love to write a non-fiction book I just like don't know how to I don't have any connections to that world at all and so yeah I'm kind of thinking that out and I make money from writing on Substack which I'm incredibly grateful for like I definitely wouldn't make money from that if I didn't have an online following and so that's like such a blessing to me that I can like use my platform to still do like what I love which is TikTok but also be given the chance and have people take a chance on me to like read my writing is amazing but yeah I would 100% love to have writing as my main income I'm just like very unaware of like how to do that so maybe that's something I'll commit some time to thinking about next year but who knows who knows the next question is would it affect you if a close friend would experience common mental health issues as you because my friend's considering therapy and I've literally lost my sleep think oh wait I've literally lost my sleep to the thought that she feels the same as me this is so wholesome first and foremost that you are like clearly going through the same shit and are still putting your friend first but also like you have to remember that you can't control everyone's lives and it is really painful to like have someone go through something especially when you know how bad it is but it seems that your friend is putting in the work 
and like is going to go to therapy or is at least considering therapy and that means that like soon enough hopefully things will change for them and they'll have a different perception of the world but you clearly have your own issues going on and so you can't let that consume you because there's only so much you can take on as an individual okay and it's not our job to carry the burdens of everyone else even when it feels like it should be that's not up to us we can be there for people but you also have to remember to be there for yourself and like you're losing sleep over this and like I understand what it's like to watch a friend go through something and feel absolutely helpless but you do need to remember to prioritize your own self too and put that same energy into caring about you and whether or not you're going to go to therapy and whether or not you're going to do anything that you think might benefit you because it's, it's difficult it's like you know how bad mental health issues can feel and so you don't want them to feel that either but you also can't actually do anything about that which is like the first thing to accept that like you have no control over how their brain perceives the world and yeah I mean I know it's hard and like you'll probably still lose sleep over it I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that you won't but like you do need to remember that you can't let that also deteriorate you because you are also going through your own journey and experiences with this thing in the same way that they are and so it's kind of a tricky one because it's it's tough but you can't dwell on it too much like that's your friend of course you love them but you also are dealing with your own shit sometimes you just have to say to yourself like I cannot carry everybody else's issues when I have to carry my own too because shit gets heavy okay shit gets heavy and you're gonna get a back injury so realistically impossible but yeah just remember that you also need to put you first next question is hey mary love you obs love you too are you thinking of going back to uni for law uh no i have been thinking about it but now it's more so like i've already done the years where you can like qualify for a student loan so if i went to start at uni again i'd have to pay it all up front and i don't really want to do that for something that I'm not a million and one percent sure that I want to study for the next three years and so yeah I've been looking around at like other options or other subjects that I've always wanted to study um but my thing is like life is okay right now in terms of my career um and so education will always be there like school is always going to be there and I can go back at any point um actually like one of my favorite youtubers from when I was a teenager like just went back to grad school uh Grace Helbig if anyone watched her as a kid but yeah like she just went to grad school and finished it and I was like that's amazing like she's nearly 40 and in the midst of doing youtube and podcasting and whatever she went to grad school and I think that's like so inspirational and it also proves further that like education has no age limit and so what I'm doing now, like, social media could be dead tomorrow. Like, who knows what Elon Musk is going to do. But education's always going to be there. And I can always go back to that whenever I want. And I think there's so many things that I want to learn before I go back into education. Because I think when I went, I... Like, I'm so grateful for my experience there. And I think I learned so much whilst being there and, like, being away from home for two years and stuff like that. But I feel like if I go back now, I'd be depriving myself of, like, a whole at least like a whole nother year of learning in the real world. 
So, yeah, I don't know if I'll go back for law. I think there's a very big possibility of me going back to uni at some point, but definitely not now. Okay, the next question is, how do you gain the confidence to start a vlog channel? I've been thinking about it more lately since I'm not a student anymore. Thing is, I'm a writer, so my days are repetitive in a way. Um, how to gain the confidence to start a vlog channel? Honestly, I feel like I'm never the best person to ask this because I started mine in the pandemic, in the middle of lockdown, and so I knew that no one would see me, and that was kind of my shield. Um, and I just needed a place to talk, like, this was before I was in therapy, like, I just needed a place to talk and let my feelings out, and so I picked TikTok, and then it kind of grew into something that I love doing, and then when lockdown was lifted, I just kind of went out into the real world, and I was like, well, I have to deal with this now, so I was kind of forced into being confident about it, but I do think that there is nothing that makes me happier than like watching someone else live their truth you know when you can just tell that someone like loves what they're doing and so if you love the idea of making vlogs and you want to do that and you think it could bring you some joy who cares if your days are repetitive like if you have something to say say it because we're also uniquely different and even if you think your days are repetitive to some people that's going to be like oh my god like that makes me feel so much better about having days that are the same or whatever like there is always someone who is going to need to see your existence in the world. And I'd say just do it. Like, it it can be scary and daunting. But literally, like, once you press upload, like, what's going to happen? Like, your phone is not going to blow up in your hand. Like, you're going to be just fine. You might have a little panic attack, but it's going to be okay. I promise. And the last question, which is, like, a big boy, it's a big hitter, is how to not be sad anymore. (laughs) I don't think anyone is ever not sad. And I've met a few people where I'm like, oh my god, you're so happy, it's actually quite scary. But it doesn't mean that they don't feel sad. I think in order to even understand and conceptualise the phrase of happy is to experience sad. And so I don't think anyone's goal should ever be to not be sad, because that's unrealistic and it also makes being sad ten times worse than it would have felt if we just, like, you know, rolled with the punches. But... I think the goal is not to say I am not sad, it's to say that I experience more happy than I do sad. And with that means seeing a therapist, taking your meds, talking to someone about your mental health, writing things down in a diary, taking a walk. Like there are so many things that can make days happier and help the days seem less gloomy and less sad, but I don't think the end goal is how to not be sad, point blank, period. Because in order to not be sad, you have to know what sadness feels like. And it sucks, but it makes life what it is. And so, we'll end on that heavy, heavy note. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Life Gets Weird feel free to follow me on Instagram. Here's a humble plug because I want you guys to follow me on Instagram. Duh. Um, it's Mary Stephen on Instagram. It's also in the show notes. I also have a TikTok. If you don't follow that, it's Oat Milk Leader. Um, and I don't know, review, like follow this podcast. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but love you always. And since Christmas is next week, happy Christmas, happy Hanukkah, Happy holidays to all that are celebrating anything. And if you're not, 
happy Sunday, I guess. Like, live your best life, live your truth. And yeah, that's it for now.